0: Every time.
2: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1.
0: On this week's episode, will the crimes of Grindelwald keep the Harry Potter fans happy this weekend? Is Battlefield 5 ready to take the next step? And we remember the legacy. Of Stan Lee. All this and more as we reach our next stop
2: the PCC multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi shimmering light before you is a trans dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse.
0: And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to everything that we put out there. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without the man with the hat himself. He is the ultimate in Kings fan. It is our good friend that's in charge of Humanica Media. You got to check out everything that's going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend, wearing a Hope's Fall t-shirt out there. It is
3: Josh Peterson.
0: What's going on, man?
3: What up? Special shout out. Also, I've been meaning to say this our friends over at keys they put out a post this week i don't know if you saw but they are disbanding so you know if you guys get a chance definitely go check out some of their music show them some love let them know that the world will be a darker place without their music
0: that's a very tragic sign indeed looks like the music industry has unfortunately hit another chord pardon the pun with another group deciding to go ahead and call it quits truly sad to hear that happen Hopefully you get a chance to check out their music, to remember their spirit, and to remember the great music that they put on out there. But it is going to be a great episode we have for you. We've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. He's going to be breaking down week 11 in the NFL. Also as well, we've got Rob McCallum in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. Always a great time talking pop culture with him. And a lot of stuff we're going to be covering, including Battlefield 5, which is due out right about now as this show hits. And of course, also as well, we've got to remember the legacy of a comic book and pop culture icon in Stan Lee. But first, my friend, it's hitting theaters finally this weekend. It is the next step in the evolution of the Harry Potter franchise. It is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, I know a lot of people are excited for it. It's targeting right about $70 million domestically here in the box office and about $250 million worldwide. It might even do better than that. might even garner close to $100 million if it has enough momentum behind it. Your thoughts on the crimes of Grindelwald? Unfortunately, though, with the reviews that are out there, they're decidedly mixed, with a lot of negative reviews out there in total for The Crimes of Grindelwald, unfortunately. Looking over a couple just before showtime, one even says it is the new worst Harry Potter-related movie that's out there in the series. A lot of poignancy as far as Johnny Depp's performance, which I think has been a target from the get-go in regards to his character, not too much said about Jude Law and his side of things, but Newt, when it comes to his character, is he going to be that coward that's sniveling, and, and not being able to do it? Or is he going to be that wizard that stands up to, to the face of evil? Just I guess critics are not liking that extreme dichotomy between the two types of personalities that he has during the film. Your thoughts on Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, Is this something still that you think can touch the heart of Harry Potter fans everywhere? Or is this something that eventually just it's going to be something that Harry Potter fans have to see just to check it off their list? And it's not going to really extend beyond a Harry Potter fandom as far as collecting that larger, more mass media audience.
3: Okay, so like I was telling you before this, I haven't read any of the reviews, so I don't know what specifically is being said. Uh, and, you know, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, like, that, this franchise has kind of seemed like a mess from the beginning, right? Because you want to tell a story of Newt Scamander, but they also wanted to bring, like, a big bad, because every... And, and we've discussed this. Like, every franchise that goes beyond two movies needs to have some kind of big bad to propel a story, right? So... And they they even warned us, you know, that it's it's going to... And a lot of people are like, too much crimes, not enough monsters. But they they warned us. You know, they said... The series can't always revolve around Newt because they were they wanted to tell a a bigger story. So, uh, you know, and I was discussing this with someone the other day, and whether or not these movies are good. Like, I just love the idea of being able to return to that world. You know, it's, it's the same reason like I can go to Universal Studios and ride the Harry Potter rides over and over again, and it's a, and it's it's not necessarily because the ride is like fantastic. It's just the idea of going back to that world and being in that world and I, I know i was reading something that it's the movies tracking for like a 250 million dollar opening or something like that but worldwide yes it worldwide, is yeah but you know we're nothing's ever going to surpass the original harry potter movies so we need to stop holding the holding the flame to that because this is a this is a series of movies about lesser known characters in that universe that they're trying to to shed more light on we're getting more we're getting more you know people should just be grateful for that and you know, chances are I I might see them I can see the movie and be singing a different tune come uh, you know next week. But for now, I just I love the idea of being able to go back and see all the stuff that was referred to in the Harry Potter books and, you know, not necessarily have to invest hours and hours into reading a book about it, you know.
0: And the two hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide projected that's out there actually would be kind of soft for a Harry Potter flick in its first weekend or a Harry Potter related flick i should say it's kind of soft comparatively speaking to other releases within the harry potter world but you're right i i when you go to universal studios you just love riding those harry potter rides because just getting back into that world i know my girls uh, all three of them they just go ahead and they love going ahead on that ride time and time and time again we go back there to universal studios just for those type of rides because of the fact it takes you back into the world of Harry Potter, the mythos, the entire atmosphere and universe. And just to get back into it again is kind of cool. I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan, I've told you that before, and I've at, at points in time got a lot of disdain from when it comes to members of my family for it. But I will say I do have a respect and appreciation for it as far as the success, as far as what it does to enhance people's lives, what it does to bring their spirits up, what it does to go ahead and just fascinate them as far as everything that goes on in the world of Harry Potter. So I'm just happy as well that Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindwald is coming out to theaters because it does extend that universe even more. I have actually grown fonder of the Fantastic Beasts side of things than the actual Harry Potter sides of things because I like the first Fantastic Beasts a lot and I'm hopeful that I can go ahead and set aside the negative reviews that are out there in regards to Crimes of Grindelwald and actually see it for myself this weekend and like it for what it is and appreciate it for what it is and see if it does continue those relationships. It does continue the characters in a acceptable way. And this is not going to be the last Fantastic Beast movie. I believe you mentioned before that it was five Fantastic Beast movies that are scheduled at this point in time.
3: Yeah, so they're going to do five. And then um, a while back, uh, reports came out that Warner Brothers had actually purchased the movie rights to um, The Cursed Child. So I guess if the reports are to be believed, they're going to do these five Fantastic Beast films. And then at that point, they're uh, maybe going to put a bow on the Harry Potter franchise with a trilogy of movies revolving around The Cursed Child because all the actors will be old enough to play their characters in the Cursed Child at that point.
0: I would just love to see, you know, Harry Potter coming out of the minivan, you know, soccer dad, just coming out there, whipping out, you know, out of his jacket, you know, out of his members only jacket, let's say whipping out that wand and going ahead and doing battle against whatever evil that would be cool. Like a middle-aged Harry Potter and, and Hermione and Ron and, and coming out there, that would be actually to me, I, I was talking about this with my family and, they were thinking I'm really weird that I actually take great pleasure in seeing a middle-aged version of that as opposed to more what I've seen in the past from all the Harry Potter movies I've watched. So it's kind of funny how that has evolved. But yes, I would like to see something derived from the Cursed Child and and continuing on with the Fantastic Beast movies. Let's hope everyone out there does get a chance to appreciate it for what it's worth. Josh has mentioned that it's hard to believe that Harry Potter, you know, with all that's gone on, would be able to have a domesticated normal life. So yeah, that's the idea, I'm sure, with the the Cursed Child is that those evils and and dark spirits would actually come back to haunt him at some point in time and his life could never truly rest easy. But to me, I just enjoy the Fantastic Beasts side of things so far. I think it's done a pretty good job of accentuated and I like to see going forward where this part of the Harry Potter lore continue. I'm just excited for that venture. Let me ask you this, with all that's gone on in regards to the Fantastic Beasts and also what you said is upcoming with the Fantastic Beasts movie and also Harry Potter, the Cursed Child, I know the Harry Potter, the Cursed Child has not gotten as much love from the Harry Potter fans that are out there What are your thoughts on the Cursed Child becoming something more and becoming that trilogy of movies that you think will close out the Harry Potter saga properly and in an awesome fashion?
3: Well, okay, so one, they would have to not they 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 could use the title and maybe loosely base it on the play, but there's not enough material in there to to make three movies. You know, there's barely if you if you look at it, there's barely enough in there for one movie. And it's kind of it's not a story that I feel like would translate well into into a film. So, obviously, if they're going to make three movies out of it, there there's going to be a lot of rewrites. There's going to be because you know in the spoil, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but in the cursed child, it's it's, You know, obviously, like Voldemort is still like the uh, you know, he's going to return or whatever. But, uh, you know, they they need something else because we've been through that already. You know, so there would have to be some pretty massive rewrites to have something like that appeal to people.
0: I agree with you on that. It would have to have some sort of commercial appeal. And I think it would obviously come from the three main characters within the Harry Potter realm in Ron, Hermione, and of course, Harry Potter himself coming back as far as, like you said, with a new threat of evil, still ready to go ahead and and strike against Harry Potter and his friends. So I could see that happening, but you're right. They would have to create something so much more than what I've heard has gone on with The Cursed Child. And you you can only get so much from that because it's not like it's a full extended edition of the Harry Potter saga. So basically, you'd have to go ahead and and extrapolate whatever you could and try to expand it from there. But with Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, it looks like it's still going to do pretty good. But I, I think when it comes to a $250 million worldwide opening, that's it's kind of uh, subdued for the Harry Potter series. But again, this because of the mixed reviews does not mean like it's a death knell for the movie itself. I still think it'll be one of the top movies this winter. We've had movies in the recent past when it comes to movies like Venom, The Nun, The Grinch, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. All those movies have not gotten the highest of reviews but they've all seemed to do very well at the box office in recent weeks. So with that, I think there is a good chance that people just want to go ahead and see an event movie and Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, for many,
3: may just fit the bill. And also one more closing thought on that. It's When is the last time you saw a franchise-related movie get, a, get good reviews from people, like unanimously agreed that it was a good movie?
0: kind of hard to think about that because obviously we know what happened with the last Jedi and we won't go there again because that would lead to another half hour discussion. Right,
3: right. And even Jurassic Park though, like you had people who are like, "Oh, it's so good," but like, you know, those were the kids who didn't have the I would say only the Marvel movies, Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War,
0: which will be on somewhere very high up on our top 10 list this year.
3: Yeah, yeah, but I mean like there there's nothing like there's always an audience that is going to hate something, you know, especially in this critic culture that we're currently living in. So it's tough. And, and I commend anyone willing to make a, a movie, especially a big budget movie in this uh, time and space we're currently living in.
0: Yes, uh, it does take a lot of guts to go ahead and produce a 100, 150, 250 million dollar film. And of course, with everything that's out there, when it comes to what's going on this weekend with Crimes of Grindelwald, let's hope the Fantastic Beast saga continues in a grand fashion when Crimes of Grindelwald hits theaters this weekend. What are your thoughts out there on Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald? Have you already caught the movie already? Is it something you're looking forward to seeing this weekend? Do you think it will properly extend the Harry Potter saga even more? Are you excited for all the other Fantastic Beasts and possibly the trilogy for The Cursed Child coming up after that? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, before we head to the break, we got to mention everything that's going on with Pop Culture Cosmos. We've got the Retro City Games game night that's coming up on December 15th. All the proceeds, whether it's food, toys, or monetary, they're going to be going to Three Square of Las Vegas, the UMC Children's Hospital, and the Make-A-Wish Foundation. All three great causes. Hopefully anybody in the Las Vegas and Henderson area will be able to attend. That's December 15th from noon to 8 p.m. Right now we're scheduled to do tournaments with Fortnite, Smash Brothers. Also as well, we're going to be doing a Call of Duty Black Ops 4 tournament with some buy-ins. Got to check out the Retro City Games Facebook page for that. You
3: got a lot of good music acts as well.
0: Who is coming again from California just for the event?
3: Uh, we got me and Big Dog and uh, Denial, so-called nice guy from Topicocalypse. And you also have Hyper Schmidt and Trudai making an appearance.
0: Possibly even Plasma Z as well. He's not 100% certain, so that's, that's hopeful he can attend. Vitties is a heavy metal artist that loves to go ahead and do video game covers and and just does a great job in doing so. Hopefully I can get him on to go ahead at some point in time, interview with me so we can can plug the event coming up at some point in the near future. Definitely looking forward to the event as a whole. There's going to be music, like I said. There's going to be video games. There's also free retro gaming. There's possibly even doing a raffle as well. We're looking forward to doing that. Need more sponsors out there. So if you're interested in helping out with the event, please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com could use all the support we can to build some more great prizes for people out there and participants to make it more attractive for hopefully a lot of people that want to go ahead and be part of the event but we're going to be doing like i said a Fortnite tournament call of duty black ops 4 tournament super smash brothers ultimate if you want to go ahead and find more information about it just check it out on the retro city games facebook page we truly appreciate it or if you're in the las vegas and henderson area Just go sign up today, go down to Retro City Games. There's a $10 buy-in. Or if you want to go ahead and, and similar value canned food or toy donation, just drop it off right there, sign up. Or if you can't make the 15th, but you still want to go ahead and donate either money, food, or toys, just go ahead and stop by Retro City Games in Henderson as well. Just cannot thank you enough for doing so and hope to see you in December 15th. Hopefully, you'll be able to be a part of something special on December 15th. Also, we've got a lot of stuff going on for PopCultureCosmos.com, our brand new website, including my preview of Black Friday coming up here in the next few days. Josh, are you working on anything for the new site, PopCultureCosmos.com?
3: Yes, so I'll finally have some time next week to sit down and finish my Tomb Raider review. I got a Daredevil review and hopefully an Assassin's Creed review coming out for you guys. Sounds good, my friend. Again, you'll be able to catch all that. Plus, our top 200 game list is
0: already available. All of our listings for our podcasts are there as well. Even more articles, reviews, tons of stuff are already there. And it's at popculturecosmos.com. Coming up next, we've got Ron McCallum in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. Then, after that, we've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. But right in the middle, we're also going to be talking about Battlefield 5, And on the back end, we're going to be also talking about the legacy of Stan Lee and how important he was to pop culture. Unfortunately, he did pass away this week at the age of 95. And we're going to discuss his legacy at the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Biter High Performance Gamer wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speed run or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. But it wouldn't be a cosmic crossfire without my good friend. He is the man who does it all when it comes to Rob McCallum films. You got to check out everything that's going on when it comes to all of his projects, all of his side stuff, all of his great movies and documentaries, including Box Art, the docuseries coming up. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe i have to take a deep breath before i say that one that is available It's a long
2: one it's a long one. we had trouble getting it on the uh, blu-ray for kickstarter backers
0: i can imagine it's almost like a jrpg but anyways that is available now on netflix of course there's missing mom the kitty documentary nintendo quest which you can always get on amazon and so much more it is my good friend it is the namesake himself it is rob mccallum what's going on man
2: It is a busy time for myself and my collaborators, as you know, as we've been talking behind the scenes. There is a lot going on. Video Game Box, our our docuseries on the cover illustrators that created those iconic gaming covers uh, of our childhood anyways, and uh, games that are being discovered by so many of the youth today is moving right along. It's going through legal, and I'm just having a lot of fun. Seeing its evolution and polishing it and jamming new segments in and trimming the fat, so to speak, and making it a real lean and mean machine. I can't wait for this one to come out and, you know, it's got to do due diligence. Our distributor has seen episode one already and she thinks it's really great. She wasn't expecting it. She thought it'd be something more along the lines of Nintendo Quest, which is more of like, you know, cameras following a journey. This is not that. This is more of a sit down interview show and kind of like dig deep to get the dirt and see some really cool, never before seen footage and archived materials. So uh, she was equally blown away, just different perspective from what she was expecting going into it. So she's excited to see where this can go. And uh, I'm excited to see what kind of potential it has as well. And, you know, Gerald, you always get a usually get an early chance to look at my stuff. You know, I'm happy to share episode one link with you. So maybe we can talk about it on, on the next episode of the Cosmic Crossfire
0: as always man i'm truly honored whenever you do so and i truly appreciate it and it does not go unnoticed and unappreciated by me thank you man i'd love to get a chance to talk to you about episode one because i'm excited man i'm excited for it this is a project that i lay in some some groundwork with you on that and helped you as far as get that that funding going so i'm really excited about this as well so pray tell rob what's on your mind when it comes to pop culture
2: the point that i that i want to ask you if it's a big deal or not and in, in, it's kind of in the wake of Jodie Whittaker making her official premiere as, you know, the first female doctor on BBC's Doctor Who. Barbara Broccoli says in regards to James Bond, he's a male character. He was written as a male character. And I think he'll probably stay a male. She was asked if, you know, Bond would ever be a woman at any point, And clearly she's saying no. Is that a big deal?
0: I think it's kind of a big deal because I know Gillian Anderson has tried to lobby for for that role. But I know there's also a lot of other women who... Were reportedly under consideration for that role as well i will say this about jody whitaker as the new doctor who that has garnered huge ratings in its opening weekend as far as the the first episode i think garnered a high of nine million viewers which is an incredible number it exceeds it's about a third of the country yeah exactly it exceeds the predecessors of hers, so it shows that a lot of people are really in tune to the new Doctor Who. That they don't really care that she's a woman, or actually maybe they do, and, and they're. I really think they're curious, and, and and they're really proud of the fact that that a woman is being there, and they're actually you know in tune like you like we were talking about with Shira as far as the empowerment of of seeing a woman on screen in that title role. I think she did a great job on it, and I think going forward she was a great choice. I would like to see something like that maybe played around with at a later time for the James Bond era. But you know what, it, if it is the wishes of the original creator, Albert Broccoli, to have just been a male, and you know that's the wishes of Barbara Broccoli as well, then I think going forward, you got to adhere to those wishes. But who then would, would it be after Daniel Craig finally leaves this troubled project, which we know is the latest James Bond flick, which keeps getting delayed and delayed. I cannot wait to see more of the doctor who I just, I can't uh, I can't be happier for her and for the staff that, that there that works with, with doctor who, because it proves that a lot of people are interested in it, that they, that they're seeing this not only as not just a novelty, they're seeing this as a reality and they're seeing this as a great sign of, of positive influence that anyone can play that character for the James Bond character. I think it's kind of a big deal because of the fact that there is – well, if that's the wishes of the Broccoli family, then going forward it it leaves that part out of it that it won't be able to evolve into at least one certain segment of years where it was devoted to a female James Bond, which I think – you had spoken about before about that kind of dynamic and you can see it from that point of view would kind of be like a, a breath of fresh air for at least a little while. It would be kind of cool to see that point of view and see James Bond from a female perspective and just we'd be kind of disappointing if we never get to explore that realm of it.
2: I mean, I think ultimately comparing Doctor Who and James Bond as we are, Doctor Who is the perfect vehicle to allow for a woman to step into that titular role. It's built within that, that the doctor can shapeshift and appear as any form. So fans can't get really upset about that because that is a possibility that's always been on the table. I think it becomes a big deal when you start casting different people in these roles for the sake of getting a casting announcement. Even Daniel Craig was met with a lot of Adversity when he was cast as, you know, the first blonde Bond or that Pierce Brosnan was cast and even Roger Moore and George Lazenby where every single Bond has been met with, uh, you know, resistance. So if you're going to cast a woman, then there's going to be resistance no matter what. At the same time, I'm very fine with a number of these characters that have been established in in cinematic history staying the, the gender that they are, whether they're men or whether they're women. Yeah, I don't think you need to do Batman as a woman just because you can, because there's a costume that you can put somebody else under. I think it's it's got to be more about the character. And I think what's fascinating about Bond is, like we talked about, with this Me Too era that we're living in, what better time to, to illustrate the, the chauvinistic Cold War attitude than by having a dinosaur that's that treats his, himself like a blood instrument and make an example out of him. Don't change him and lose that real great against the grain appeal that you can have. Obviously, there's a lot of different things you could do if Bond is a woman as well. But I, I think keeping the character uh, a guy is, is just fine.
0: Well, like I said, to me, it's a little bit of a big deal because we'll never be able to explore that that part of it and see it from a woman's standpoint. And I think that to me that would be actually kind of a cool concept to at least do it for at least a few films and try it and see if audiences will like it and appreciate just as much as they have with the male James Bond character over the course of almost 25 films.
2: This isn't about would it be cool. This is about, is it a big deal that he stays a male?
0: I think it is a big deal. I As I originally stated, I think it is a big deal. That so then you to must feel it.
2: the same way about Indiana Jones. So Indiana Jones could be a woman and it would be fine because it would bring a breath of fresh air.
0: I think it would, same thing. To me, it would be the same thing. No, I
2: don't think it's the same thing.
0: I think it is.
2: I think, I think they're completely different. I think the character of Indiana Jones is completely different than the character james bond and just so you because say, you only you had can't men can't there's a female
0: archaeologist that's that's running from death and escaping death and yeah it's called those-
2: relic hunter we've seen it before it's had its time it, just because a, a, a male character has been the same over and over again doesn't mean that it needs to be changed because a lot of people are trying a a role reversal that's what it is
0: i think it's a big deal
2: i think I think you're wrong. I don't think it's a big deal if James Bond always stays James and never becomes Janet.
0: Well, at least we finally disagree about something.
2: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't end the show on any other note that has been the cosmic crossfire. Thanks for listening. And I'm glad everybody out there agrees with me and disagrees with Gerald yada, yada, yada. Thank you very much. If you
0: have any questions for Rob or me or any comments, hopefully you keep them nice please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or you can send us nice things or respectful things to us at popculturecosmos, cosmos, humanica media game Source, and Rob McCallum films on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And at Twitter, Rob is at Rob McZob, And of course we're also pop culture cosmos. Like I said on Twitter as well. So Rob, it's been a great time talking to you as always finally got to disagree on a couple things out there. Still stay in agreement on a little bit too much for my flavor, but hey, we'll do better next time and to try to disagree a little bit more here
2: in the Cosmic
0: Crossfire.
2: Oh, excellent. Until then, my friend.
0: Until then, it's always great talking to you and always having you a part of the Cosmic Crossfire right
2: here on the Pop Culture.
0: Just want to let everybody know out there, you can catch our shows seven days a week worldwide on over 15 different radio stations out there. For a listing of them, you just got to check out our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. You can also catch there a listing of many of the over 30 different podcast networks that we're at. So hopefully if you get a chance, you check that out. And you can also check out the latest news and trends of pop culture while you're there as well. I know you've got a great thing going on with Humanic Media, my friend. So let everybody know out there what is going on with your great experience known as Humanic Media.
3: Got a new topic occlipse going up here soon. Next week there'll be another one. Um and then the content will probably kind of slow down until after Thanksgiving here. But yeah, definitely check that out. We appreciate all the support. And please like you can also find topic occlips on www.popculturecosmos.com.
0: My friend, I know you are very aware of what came out this week in video games. We talked at length on our last show, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, on Fallout 76 and the kind of mixed reaction people are getting from all over the place that you're getting as well when it comes to Fallout 76. This is the biggest week in video games because not only one, but two AAA franchises have now been released as far as big games into the universe that's out there because Battlefield 5 is now out in the wild. EA brings out this version of the continuing saga in the Battlefield universe. Your thoughts on that, but it was just funny that Battlefield 5 Did all it's could to be away from Call of Duty because initially it was going to be released on the same week as Call of Duty, but now it's actually being released on the same week as Fallout. So it doesn't make any sense to me what EA is doing. But the actual reviews are are also fair, pretty good, but not great when it comes to what Battlefield Five needs to do. Your thoughts on Battlefield Five? Is it going to capture the attention out there of everyone that's playing games out there and, and be able to finally surpass the shadow known as Call of Duty? It's
3: definitely got a lot of pressure on its shoulders. And as such things that do have a lot of pressure on their shoulders to su- succeed, it's going to have some pretty hardcore trolls out there looking to destroy its hopes and dreams. So you're always going to deal with stuff like that. But the main complaint I'm reading about it is that it's glitchy and EA has this weird unhealthy obsession with that Frostbite engine and until they learn to fix whatever it is that's wrong with the Frostbite engine like it just it hasn't been a good development engine for them just because you know look you had the issues with Mass Effect they don't have all their their stuff ironed out and they're forcing their devs to use this and it's just it's not it sounds like there's there's some issues that still need to be worked out and i i noticed a lot of these games are having this issue too like they're trying to put more and more on the uh, on the screen to give it that that realism and it ends up not doing what it's supposed to like i'm getting into the last bits of assassin's creed odyssey right now and there's so much happening that the game bogs down or it'll just shut itself off at some moment so this is definitely an issue and i'm I, you know hopefully the whatever the next generation of consoles is will be able to fix this but uh you know back to battlefield i I'm excited to play, and I think Battlefield has always had like a level of realism to me, and the the that Call of Duty always lacked, if that makes sense. But yeah, I hope they do well, and I know they they promised or not promised, but they're going to put out a battle royale mode, and we'll we'll see how that holds up. Because the the real question here is how soon are people going to get tired of Call of Duty and go back to Fortnite, or are those players going to maybe check out Battlefield before they go back to Fortnite,
0: or will they go ahead and go over to Red Dead Redemption Two? Fallout seventy six. There's so many choices right now. It makes it hard for Battlefield five as it steps into the marketplace.
3: Yeah, this is also true. There's a and you know we face that issue every holiday season though. Like what games are we going to play? There's so many out and like this just happens to be like the season of multiplayer games. So that's interesting. What what I want to know really is when all the smoke clears, all the release dust clears. What game is it that players are going to be flocking back to?
0: Well, Battlefield Five, like I said, did not come out this time around with what people are calling a stellar campaign. Unfortunately, it's fair to good. It seems to be the theme of the day here when it comes to what's going on. You know, it's being reviewed out there, whatnot. It just does not seem to be the magic elixir this time around that needs to propel them beyond what Call of Duty can do, and plus also the fact that Call of Duty has already gained quite a bit of momentum in the past few weeks. No, it has not passed some of its predecessors as far as Call of Duty when it comes to sales, but it's still doing pretty good, Uh, and the reviews for it are pretty good as well. At this point in time, I'd say the reviews are more favorable for Call of Duty Black Ops 4 than the Battlefield 5 experience to this date. Hopefully that will change if you're a Battlefield fan and hopefully the word of mouth will spread wide and and actually give EA a better chance with Battlefield than it's had in the past with other versions. Although I thought Battlefield 1 was probably the best opportunity in recent times to surpass Call of Duty and it just didn't quite make the mustard, although it came as probably close to it as any Battlefield edition has. Maybe since Battlefield 3, I'm not quite sure if If you want to rate that, but for me, Battlefield 3 was the highest point of the Battlefield series. Your thoughts on Battlefield, if it can actually ever surpass Call of Duty at any point in time, especially the fact they don't come out every year with a new Battlefield.
3: I think that's a good thing, though, because it shows that they probably put a little more effort into it. They spend some more time. The dev cycle is a bit longer, so they get to put a little more care and a little more TLC into it. Well, Call of Duty remember has three different studios working always on three different Call of Duty projects. Right, but there's always that rush, got to get it out, got to get it out, got to got to make the sales, got to get the quarter one or whatever it is. And that's an unhealthy thing to me. Like that that just shows there's not a lot of care put into the game because it's all it's all about that deadline whereas, you know, the you know, one of the reasons that people are probably liking in my opinion Red Dead so much is cuz the game got pushed back several times, right? So it it's one of those things where do you want to have that annual cycle and then meet those quarter sales or whatever or do you want to put something out that people are actually going to enjoy and i think that battlefield does a better job of putting out a quality product than call of duty does because there's as much as like people love call of duty let's face it not a lot changes in call of duty you know you always the multiplayer is all more or less the same yeah, the story changes a little bit, but there's nothing like visually that really changes and blows you away each time a new Call of Duty comes out. It's based on Call of Duty's reviews are based on is it fun or is it not. Whereas Battlefield has a lot more to critique like the story, the you know, the social themes, the the uh, multiplayer modes. Like there's a lot of cogs in the Battlefield machine and because of that Battlefield has more to critique than Call of Duty does.
0: That's true. It it does seem to be a little bit more diverse in its variety. Then the Call of Duty, which just has a straightforward, at this point in time, the multiplayer, the Battle Royale, and the zombie. And and with the Battle Royale replacing the campaign mode, it seems to be less of an experience. If you're just someone that's randomly going to go out there and play the game, you always have to have either a team or you have to always go into a multiplayer environment when it comes to Call of Duty. With Battlefield, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case because they do have campaigns which to many are still compelling each and every time they come out. So for people out there that enjoy those type of, of war situations, Battlefield 5 is out in the marketplace this weekend. Looking forward to some more great thoughts from you on the Battlefield series. Will it beat the Call of Duty series this time around? I don't think so. I don't think it has enough mojo going into it. If it had had that type of mojo where it was getting the hot reviews and and comparatively speaking to Red Dead Redemption 2 or God of War earlier this year, I would think that it would definitely have a fair shot at going ahead and surpassing the Call of Duty series this year. But unfortunately, because of the fact that it's not getting that, Top of the line scores from every outlet that's out there. I think that again, it's going to be another situation where Battlefield is looking up at Call of Duty. Your thoughts out there on Battlefield 5 are you planning to play it? Have you been playing it already? Need to know your thoughts on it. Is it something that's going to add a positive to the Battlefield experience? Are you excited for the Battle Royale mode that Battlefield is going to add sometime in the near future? Share us your thoughts. Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com, also as well, pop culture cosmos, humanica media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And let us also know if you think that some point in time if Battlefield will actually finally surpass Call of Duty in the video game marketplace. Coming up next, we've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. He's going to share his thoughts on the NFL. And after that, we're going to close out the show with our thoughts on the legacy of Stan Lee. This is the PCC Multiverse. Mm, Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers fries or vegetables to get your hands on some of these tasty wheelie q items head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy pcc multiverse listeners act now and get 15 percent off your order today just by entering the promo code pod2 that's pod and the number two at checkout For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. And we're back with the show. Once again, it's Gerald coming right back at you here. It is week 11 in the NFL coming up. It's just going to be another great weekend of action. A lot of games that are uh, pretty good on paper. They're nothing that screams. You got to see it until Monday, that is. Hmm. But here to break it down as best he can is our fantasy football guru. (sighs) Got to do my intro for you, man. Got to make you sound good. (laughs) He is the main man at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. If you need any help, any advice, any thoughts and wisdom on your fantasy football team, whether it's lineup changes, waiver wire requests, or trades, check us out today at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. You can also listen to our full episodes each and every week on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and over 30 different podcast outlets. But it's the man himself. The man who is just working, like he said before we went on the show, he's burning the candle at both ends. <laughs> and actually, I think it's just like there's just nothing but the wick left, but it is
1: <laughs> Tyler Baker. I appreciate you gutting it out, man. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely, man. There's a trickle of light left. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. man, it's it's good to be on the show. And, yeah, week 11, there's there's a couple couple good games in there. Yeah.
0: Well, the game, obviously, everybody is interested is on Monday night with Mm. KC going into Los Angeles. Looks like a barn burner of a game. Defense will be at a premium because everybody will be trying to look forward. I think it's going to be an offensive juggernaut. But a lot of times when we get those games on paper, that looks like it's going to be nothing but an offensive shootout buyer beware sometimes it doesn't always come to fruition and it looks like well i'm gonna say i'm still believing that's going to be a high scoring game but i i want to let everybody know that be beware for some possible low scores because of the fact that so much so many people are expecting such a high shootout between these two teams
1: man i mean it's going to be the game of the week this could be a super bowl preview the two best teams going at it and i I think it's going to be a high scoring game for a couple of reasons one Kansas City defense is not can't stop a nosebleed uh, they're just not very good. They've been improving, but they're not very good and the Rams have quite a few ways that they can hit you on offense but on the other side of the ball, the Rams have a really good defense, but Patrick Mahomes can always has has been very good this season making plays on his feet. So, you know, getting flushed out of the pocket and and chased down by Aaron Donald or one of the other really good defensive linemen that they have there in Los Angeles. Patrick Mahomes can can make plays on the run, can make plays out of the pocket. So I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Any of your fantasy players in this game, you want to play all of them. I mean, I can't think of a fantasy commodity. You might not want to start, except for maybe Sammy Watkins, if you have better options. But I think that there's going to be, at the end of the game, there's going to be a lot of points on the scoreboard.
0: The odds say you're right. I just, sometimes I've seen them materialize sure. where, when you have two high power offenses, sometimes uh-huh. for whatever reason,
1: it comes up a little bit short. Yeah, well, both of these teams have a good running game. So, you know, if it's one of those situations where they want to control the ball a little bit more, maybe increase the time of possession, both of these teams can turn to the ground and do that. But (laughs) either way, these are two great teams. These are two great coaches. I mean, this is the best team in the AFC going against the best team in the NFC. This is going to be a really good game on Monday night. There's
0: some other very solid games on the slate coming up this weekend in week 11 of the NFL. I know a lot of people are pointing towards what Carolina might be doing at Detroit, and this leads me to a bigger question that I asked on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group on my other team. No, not the one that you destroyed last weekend. But Sorry. What, yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> but anyways, on... But The actual other team that I'm actually dominating in my league, I actually happen to have the pleasure of having Jared Goff, mm-hmm. Cam Newton, and Ben mm. Roethlisberger. Oh, wow. So sometimes when it falls into the draft like that, I, I go ahead and I pick up extra quarterbacks looking for trades and whatnot. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes I'm just left with some really quality quarterbacks to choose from. Now, it looks like that's the case. At this point in time, unless somebody offers me something really good in my league, I have three quality quarterbacks, and obviously I can only start one. But mm-hmm. this weekend, when it comes to all those three top-of-the-line quarterbacks, who should I look to start? And if somebody has something similar with a quandary when it comes to one of those three or even two of those three quarterbacks, who are you looking to start above all the others this weekend in the NFL?
1: if you could move one of those guys in a trade before the deadline and get something I'm um,
0: advertising, my friend, I'm advertising yeah. it out there. I've offered it. just offered yeah. my
1: own trades. And just people just kind of say, Nope, Nope. Wow. Yeah, to a higher price maybe, but I'm not going to give them up for cheap. Sure. Sure. And that's your prerogative. Hey, it's a good problem to have. Just looking at the matchups and the, I'll just say inconsistencies on the road. I think Ben Roethlisberger, you can you can kind of scratch him off. So that leaves between Cam Newton, and you said Jared Goff. I like Cam Newton this week against Detroit. Carolina kind of took a whooping last week. Detroit is against the ropes. I would expect Carolina to come out and all but dominate Detroit. But if I had that dilemma, I think I would go Jared Goff and losing Cooper Cup. You know, does ding his upside a little bit but he's going against Kansas City and the Rams are going to have to put up points to stay in that game. I expect them to come out hot and keep the pedal to the metal. So yeah it's I would pick Jared Goff and I don't think it'd be very close to be honest with you.
0: It is going to be a great weekend in the NFL and like I said before Monday night's going to be a matchup hopefully we Mm -hmm. won't soon forget. Yes. My friend, it's always great talking to you about the football game and all the pigskins and all that good stuff. It's just another great weekend in the NFL coming up, and I'm so glad to talk to you about it. You'll be back on our Monday program Mm -hmm. recapping it and, of course, our full episodes coming up as well. Just so great to have you, as always, a part of the show, part of the program right here at the Pop Culture
2: Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins, so if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, Playstation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming. Retro City Games.
0: And we're back to close out the show. Want to thank Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater podcast and Rob McCallum from Rob McCallum Films. Truly appreciate them both for being on the show. Check out their full episodes of The Cosmic Crossfire and the Fantasy Football Pater podcast on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel every time that they go on the air on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts on over 30 different podcast outlets. My friend, it was a truly sad week this week in pop culture. Yes, I understand Roy Clark passed away, and and obviously fans of Hee Haw and country music are just truly devastated by his passing. But there was an even greater worldwide reaction to a terrible death of someone that is very much beloved, especially by those of comic book fans. And now everybody that has become familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe And that is Stan Lee, who passed away this week at 95. In fact, he passed just after our Pop Culture Cosmos show hit the air. Your thoughts on the legacy of Stan Lee? I mean, his contributions to the medium and also the realm of pop culture cannot be underestimated. Yes, I know there's still a lot of back and forth this week. I hear and read a lot of opinions and thoughts on how Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, and some others deserve quite a place in history. And I'm not going to dispute that. They all deserve a great place in our hearts when it comes to comic book culture. But Stan Lee, whether you want to say he he wanted the fame or he wanted the love and adoration, regardless, his place in pop culture is cemented and his loss will truly be affected by us for some time
3: to come. It's weird because that day that it happened kind of just like snuck into the news, you know, because we were already mostly through the day when that that popped up. And I, I was getting all throughout the rest of the day, I was getting text messages from people asking me what I thought. I was like, dude, it's so sad. But yeah, it, it's sad, and you know, I would even argue the fact that he has done more to inspire the imagination of millions than even Walt Disney, you know. But he he was ninety five. You know, he had a good life. That was a good life. He he had a good. Full life, and he inspired so many people, and yeah, and I was, I was hearing a lot, reading up a lot on the the controversy with like Jack Kirby, Steve daco so on and so forth. But all those guys, they get the recognition, you know, they get it, and and the fact that you know we're we're arguing over this posthumously when they weren't even arguing over it themselves is just goes to show it's like we we want to fill our news feeds with relevance, right? We want to create a conversation that's going to cause controversy, and stupid. Let's just let it even it irked me even more when I was going online and seeing everyone using Stan Lee quotes to promote social political agendas. And I'll just let the man rest, you know, let him have his legacy. He's a good dude. Touch the hearts of so many people. Let's not use him for our own gain. You know, let's not let's not drag him through the mud because we're uncomfortable with our own opinions. Let's just let him have his things. Let him have his place in history. Maybe he didn't make as many characters as, as everyone thinks, but like he made Spider-Man and Spider-Man is like one of the, is the quintessential superhero. So well, it
0: was, it was actually decided in a court of law earlier this decade that he co-created Spider-Man.
3: Okay. Well, I know he wrote a lot of those issues, didn't he? Like he was, yeah,
0: like, he wrote a lot of the issues and obviously he helped develop Black Panther. I mean, the list goes on and on as
3: Doctor strange as one
0: of them, or was that? Uh, Doctor Strange, uh, just a ton of characters that he actually either developed himself or co-developed. And to me, that seems to me like the best part of what he did was just coming up with those characters and those stories that he was a great part of. Yes, a lot of people were helping develop those characters. It's just, there's a reason why he was in all those Marvel movies. There's a reason why he was the head of Marvel Comics. There's a reason why he was... So beloved, whether you want to say he was going ahead and, and just you know reaching for the adoration or reaching for all that fandom and, and the others didn't want that type of limelight. Regardless, there's a reason why he was out there. And that's because he made his mark in the comic book industry. He deserves a ton of credit for doing so. And people that are trying to diminish his legacy because of it, they've got to really look in the mirror because stan lee was a great part and probably one of the biggest if not the biggest part of the comic book genre and will probably always be thought of as the at least by the general audience out there as the the most identifiable individual when it comes to the comic book world and also one of the largest and most well-known names in the world
3: of pop culture well, here's another thing too. Whether or not he's like solely responsible for a lot of these heroes, he did so much to promote that brand. Though he promoted everything, even even the the characters that he didn't have a huge part in creating, he did a lot to promote them and get more eyes on comic books. So like, it doesn't. I mean, creatively, maybe there's some controversy there, but you can't argue his presence in marketing and like just just the way that he has like got more eyes on comic books and marvel and just that kind of thing in general like he did it man you know and the thing is that we're creating arguments that you know like i mentioned earlier he wasn't even arguing about and that's the thing that kind of makes this whole situation sad but you know again he lived to be 95 he had a good life and you know it sounds like he was being taken advantage of as you know in the the final days if you heard all the stuff about his kids and the uh whatever happened in the was, was it like a nursing home or something he was well, no. Just as far as
0: his care, uh, yeah, there was his uh, care. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what neglect. I was...
3: There was neglect issues
0: that actually went to court and proceedings, and whether it was the son or, or what have you that was accused of any wrongdoing, it was very surprising that he would be treated in such an ill manner, especially in his latter years and in his latter days. That it was unfortunate that Disney and Marvel didn't do more to try to protect him. And wasn't aware of what was going on, which was really a shame. You know, who knows? Maybe he was really pushed to go to all those comic-cons and conventions later in life that he may have been not feeling well enough for or tired to, but maybe it was somebody else's agenda to go ahead and keep pushing him to one more con and one more con. But maybe it was also his love for the fans as well, because a posthumous message was sent out there a video after his death with his own words saying how much he loved the adoration of the fans and how much it brought joy to him just as much as his work brought joy to all the fans out there as well.
3: Right, right. And it just, you know, he wasn't my father, but it still like hurt me to read those things about him, you know? So he's kind of, that just goes to show he does have a special place in my heart, man, always will. So rest in peace, Stan.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. His legacy should not be underestimated. I think that his work is undeniable in the fact that it means so much to our culture, it means so much to our society, and it means so much to many of us who always want to be a superhero ourselves. Yes, definitely. Rest in peace, Stanley. Truly want to thank you for everything that you've done for pop culture. What are your thoughts out there on Stanley's passing? Is he truly, in your mind, one of the icons of pop culture with his work within the comic book realm? We'd love to hear your thoughts, both one way or the other, just on the subject. Just cannot thank him enough for all of his contributions. And would you like to go ahead as well and say your thoughts on his work? Or would you like to go ahead and and recognize uh, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, or anyone else in the comic book realm? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos humanic media and game source on facebook twitter and instagram as well any last thoughts on the way out my friend it's been another great episode and we've got another great weekend coming up in pop culture
3: yeah it just broke in the news that sony will not be at e3 2019 i'm gonna have to cover more on that on
0: our monday episode That's something that's very surprising because Sony has been such a great part of E3 with its extravagant layouts. And obviously it's filling up arenas with its press conferences and their major floor displays. So, you- there's something behind the scenes there that's really making it troublesome for me and just means that a PlayStation experience is probably going to be soon around the corner as well.
3: But I mean, do you think this also might be signaling something, some internal issue? I mean, this there's to- another topic for another time, but also like remember they canceled PAX this year too. So it just makes me wonder like, you know, what, what's going on here?
0: I think it could be just as much as E3's issue with what they're asking for behind the scenes as much as what Sony wants to do as far as continuing their presence at E3 as well. I'll be uh, curious to know more about this in the following days. Absolutely. And we'll go ahead and be able to report it on for you on our Pop Culture Cosmos and GameSource Facebook sites as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself an Excelsior day.
1: Okay, auditions for the new Earth Station Who co host. Take one, go ahead. Hello, Stonehenge, who takes the Pandora Cup, takes the universe. But, bad news everyone, cause guess who? Ha, huh. listen, you lot are all whizzing about. It's really very distracting. Could you all just stay still a minute because I am talking? Not too shabby. Can you close this up? Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating over 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. You never know where the TARDIS is going to go next. Earth Station Who podcast can be found at www.earthstationwho.com Earth Station Who is a proud member of the ESO Network. We are up on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher Radio or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace and we are done. Did I pass the audition?
2: We'll get back to you.
1: Next